Yo, appreciate everybody for coming through, showing some love once again. Take to take um, the podcast uh, where basketball lives, as we like to call it. Catch it anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Take to take. In addition to um, uh, following along on all social media platforms at Take to Take Hoops. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Again, where basketball lives. We know that it is that time of the year once again, March Madness, and everybody's super excited. I talk about it all the time, the most highly anticipated time of the year, the best three weeks in all of sports. Yes, I said it. College basketball ruling the nation once again, in case you didn't know. And all you, all, you guys always hear me talk about that, that football stuff. Yes, more expensive tickets than the Super Bowl this past weekend. North Carolina and Duke in the Coach K farewell tour and his final game on his floor uh, at Cameron Indoor Stadium on Coach K court. And we'll get into all of that in just a second. But the most highly anticipated three weeks in all of sports. Um, in addition to, you know, just making sure you guys are prepped and ready for the buzzer beaters, all the upsets, uh, all that good stuff. Just college basketball smiling from ear to ear that probably doesn't shock you guys and surprise uh anybody but uh I want to dive into it here because uh I had an opportunity to do and it was very emotional I cried so let's for transparency um full disclosure you know get that part out of the way first it was very emotional even for me not so much of the coach K retirement um being a guy that you know, I'd been there since 1980, since before I was born. My nieces and nephews probably uh, would be surprised at that. But yes, before I was born. Um, and I, 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 not only was I ever sure that I was going to live long enough to ever see um, there be another coach taking the place of Coach K because of retirement reasons, but even more so um, because, you know, um, even more so because, you know, I, I, this is a game that I really wasn't so sure that I was going to ever be able to make in my lifetime, but I was still just very, very, um, optimistic and confident that it would be a, a thing someday. So 94, 81, of course, North Carolina spoiled Dukes and, and, and coach K's party kind of, you know, um, crashed the party, I guess, if you will. And uh, it was exciting. Everything that you thought Cameron Indoor Stadium would be, and we'll get to the game here in a second, but everything that you thought that it would be, it was exactly that. It was loud and not a, you know, a bad seat in the house. I don't care if you were sitting all the way at the top with your back against the wall for crying out loud. Uh, and of course it's packed and everything else, just the, you know, all the, all the, the antics by, you know, the Cameron crazies and, I mean, I'm having a hard time finding words right now, you know, to be able to give a fair description that can do any little bit of justice. The words, the pictures, watching on TV, none of that. So if you guys have dreams, goals, and aspirations that you want to do something, I mean, that's something I've been wanting to do since I was 10 years old. A place that I wanted to go and be able to enjoy everything that comes with it, all the tradition, all the hype, all the hoopla that comes along with it. Um, and I got a chance to experience that. And it was every bit, you know, sometimes it's easy to get, um, it's easy, you know, to see things a certain way. And then, you know, 
however you anticipate that being, it ends up being exactly that or more once you finally get a chance to accomplish that. And uh, that wasn't the case for me. So I definitely enjoyed myself, had a great time um, being able to go, you know, cover that, check out that game. And it was just, uh, it was, it was every bit of amazing. So if you got dreams, goals, aspirations of things that you want to accomplish, they're still doable, even if they take 27 plus years doing it. Now, I want to jump into some things because I made some comments about Duke um, prior to the game. And I'm here to let it be known that I'm still standing on those comments. And those comments were, nothing's going to talk me off of the Duke ledge from winning the national championship. And this, I, I feel even more, or maybe not more, but I, I feel the same amount of confidence that I felt um, prior to Duke losing at home. Uh, and, you know, the interesting part about it is that there's only one way, as crazy as that may be, to or seem or sound, there's only one way for Duke to, you know, um, overshadow or cover, um, you know, make up for, rather, for lack of better words, uh, exactly what happened in uh, the other night in Cameron Indoor Stadium. I mean, you think about it. Who wants to be the recruiting class? Of course, a lot of freshmen and everything else, but much like LeBron James, you know, Coach K, he made things this way by taking that page out of Coach Calipari's notebook by um, by recruiting these kids the way that he has, and especially with the freshmen and so forth. I thought that there was a lot of pressure on Carolina in that first game because this is Coach K's last game for the biggest and the best rivalry uh, in the sport of college basketball, maybe even in some sports, um, some people would say. Uh, that all things being considered, though, like nobody wants to be known to be that recruiting class, part of that team that on his last game, on his way out, uh, that they wouldn't win the biggest game potentially of Coach K's career. But he made some comments after the game and definitely mentioned how important, you know, the importance of this, the season not being over yet. And I'm a firm believer in that. I'm still standing on it. Yes, we know I made a, some people will probably call a crazy bet with a guy that I gave him 67 teams and I only wanted the one. That's how confident I am in Duke winning a, a, a national championship. And of course, I'm going to pull out my fancy handy dandy notebook here that uh, I'm very thankful for the people in downtown Atlanta that work for the Georgia Dawn because, as you can see, Final Four 2020, the one that was never played. So I'm very grateful and thankful that I got that notebook. I'm always going to hold on to that one. I'm going to find a way to put that, uh, uh, put that up for the grandkids one day, see what it could be worth. It's worth something to me. But I want to throw out a couple of little different things here, talking about Coach K and talking about this rivalry in general. Um, but – there was a lot of that pressure on North Carolina in that first game in Chapel Hill, which I was also blessed to be able to attend. And I think that that's the part that not a lot of people pay attention to. Yeah, they went up on Carolina, who is not the typical Carolina that we're used to, the blue blood, get out and run in transition, North Carolina Tar Heels that we've become accustomed to over the years, in addition to not really recruiting the same way that we're accustomed to them doing. Uh, it's a totally different regime now. Somebody totally different leading at the helm. Congratulations to a friend of mine uh, in Hubert Davis, who a lot of people was ready to just, you know, whip out the scissors and cut his leash. Um, and I think he's extended it. Maybe, maybe 
a little bit longer now with a big time win and probably and arguably one of the biggest in school history and speaking of being able to be a part of the biggest, you know, uh, one of the biggest upsets in regular season history is a huge deal. But the pressure was there. They went up on Carolina by 30 and led by, you know, one, led by 30 and, and won by 20. But then all of a sudden things come full circle uh, in which um, now all the pressure is on Duke. The inexperienced Duke, the questionable point guard position, which we all know. I'll help you guys out. Free space on the take stick bingo card here for you. So don't say I didn't do nothing for you. We're six days away, and I'm going to jump around a little bit here, back and forth, back and forth. But just walk with me. Follow me where I'm going. Six days away from Selection Sunday. Um, and when I'm, I'm you know, there's. There's so many opportunities. People talk about one seeds, two seeds, whatever seeds. But when you're filling out that bracket around about a week from now and exactly a week from now, and you're taking that bracket in and you're talking about filling it out and you're comparing it to other people and you're getting in all of these different, um, you know, uh, college basketball, March Madness pools at work and different things. Pay attention to four key pieces. These are some strong points for Duke and and some some weaknesses. Starting with the point guard position, I think is one that North Carolina doesn't necessarily have the strongest point guard, if you will, uh, between Cole and Love playing in that position as well. Duke is in that same boat where if you look back at the past, I don't know, let's just say 20, going all the way back to 2002 or Juan Dixon and some of them, even before then, you got to have that strong point guard play. And that's something that's still questionable with Jeremy Roach, maybe not necessarily the starting point guard, but Wendell Moore, they're playing this thing by committee. He's a great ball handler, but not necessarily prototypical and natural born and bred point guard. Um, so there goes another piece as far as that goes, um, or another player, rather. Um, you do have your A.J. Griffin, who I think is a really, really, really good basketball player um, and has earned a lot of my respect but still not that natural point guard that you really look forward to. And so that's one of the concerns for them. So you definitely want to look at your point guard play, your heavy point guard play when you uh, are looking at winning a national championship. Just another reason why, as long as Illinois is not in Duke's bracket, that I have them going to the Final Four, helping you out a little bit more. But all that being said, that is a concern. Another piece, the coaching. Coaching plays a humongous part, obviously. You got Hall of Fame coaches that goes a long way. These people know what it takes, and they've been there before. Um, the depth on the bench, being able to play more than six or seven guys goes a long way. Um, that's another piece that plays a humongous part in filling out these brackets. And the other one is the experience, the upperclassmen, the juniors, the seniors, whether it's mid-major, high-major, low-major, power five, Call it what you want, but all those things are going to play part. Um, this game, is, it's like I said, it's hard to put into words, but this game meant so much to me personally as I like to just sit back and people watch sometimes. Um, I feel very confident about Duke winning this title. Of course, you got to follow the storylines. There goes something else that's going to help you. It's a storyline, no doubt. I mean, you better believe Coach K is pissed. Um, the team is going to be pissed, is pissed, um, and they're upset, you know, and, and, and that's just the reality of it as well. They should be. You don't let this team come. I mean, they went completely silent 
in there when I, as you know, the whining seconds were just going down and um, it was something to see because that's a place that you typically don't hear the, the, the Cameron Indoor Stadium that quiet. While it's not as much a stadium or a field house or an arena, it's very much like a gym setting with a lot of tradition. But you never hear that gym setting or that, you know, that uh, that arena or that stadium that quiet. I mean, it was so quiet. It's like, you you know, you can hear a woman's panties hit the floor for crying out loud um, and that or, or a pin drop. Uh, I like my example a little bit better. A woman's panties hitting the ground that it was so quiet. Um, but I think payback is coming. Now, I don't know if that's going to be in the conference tournament. I don't know if they're, you know, what it's going to come down to, but I highly anticipate Duke probably landing somewhere around, regardless as to where they're seated, somewhere close to home. I think the closest place for the preliminary rounds, first and second round, would be, I would imagine, Greenville, South Carolina, winning their two games there, now being sent over to Chicago, Illinois. Where Coach K is from, ironically enough. Now, none of this I know. I don't. I don't. I don't know a single thing. But I'm just. It makes sense in my mind, and we'll see where it goes from here. Around about a week from now, because we're gonna know a whole lot more. But I knew that North Carolina couldn't afford for a player who, much like in that very first game, um, to be the end all be all, the leading scorer for this team. Um, and they had to have more of a collective effort. That's just something, that's just something that had to be. Brady Manick, a good player, but he couldn't be the only guy like he was in the first meeting. And he wasn't. I mean, you're talking about North Carolina players that, you know, what, four players scored 20 plus points in that second game. So that made a huge difference. Um, but the ball movement for Carolina was fantastic on that night. Um, you know, and, and, and Duke still got some things to figure out. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. Let's go ahead and put that out there for what it is right now. Still got a lot of basketball left to be played. And Coach K still has that opportunity to do what I think is the first time that's ever been done in the history of college basketball amongst coaches after being there 42 years to win a national championship in four consecutive different decades. Won a national championship in 99. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in 91, in 92. Did I say 99? That was UConn. Uh, 91 and 92. Still has, uh, still had an opportunity to do it in the 2000s, which was um, 2001, okay? Doing it in the 2010s, twice, uh, in, 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 in 2000 and, um, 2010, in 2015 getting the opportunity to do it in 2020 can make a huge difference in sending coach k out the way that he should be sent out after you didn't send him out the way that he needs to be sent out all of those things being considered um for the, for for this coach for this team uh but north carolina what does this mean for them like are they a lock for the tournament, I wouldn't go as far as calling Carolina a lock by any means. Again, I still think that there's a lot of basketball still left to be played. And I think that that will show in the conference tournament for all the teams. I mean, I'm not particularly 
overly hyped on Carolina. It seems like they're hitting a stride at the right point. But we've seen games that they played and big wins that they needed, and they were able to get them. There's, there, there's no question about that at all. Um, but there were also some of those games to mediocre teams, to less than mediocre teams, some stinky teams, if I'm just being honest, where they lost by 20, where they lost by 30. And that's not a good look. And I don't think that we, I don't, I don't think that Carolina is necessarily that same team as what we saw at that time. But I don't think that all of a sudden that gets erased um, because of this win over Duke. Um, and so I think that that's, that's a, that, that's, that, that's going to play a humongous part in the eyes of North Carolina, the fan base, all of that. Don't forget about how, how much, you still have to go. That was, we're going to find out if that was their national championship or not. Um, so I think that, you know, that, that, that's a part of it as well. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in March Madness. I mean, listen, you got so many other teams. I know we primarily touching on, you know, Duke and North Carolina right now, but some people thought that, you know, Carolina, they should maybe, you know, press the panic button. I'm not the guy that feel like the leaky blacks and those guys, that's not going to cut it for Carolina. They've got to be able to do a little bit better job in terms of recruiting. I mean, Armando Baycott was huge in, in the game at Cameron, obviously. And, and uh, I think it's RJ Cole, the RJ Cole was, you know, very good for them as well. And had to be the defense, all of these different things, um, you know, when you're looking at this Duke team, Trevor Keels sometimes has that R.J. Barrett syndrome where when he gets the ball, he only looks at one thing, and that's the rim. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, a guy who tries to muscle over everyone and force a lot of shots, fading away on jump shots. One of the best in the college game right now in terms of triple threat. Um, but he's still... He has his go-to, but his go-to is far too often. I think he has other parts of his game that is good. But sometimes when you get the ball and you play around with it, instead of making your move and attacking immediately, that's something that I see Ben Carroll doing way too often. Not saying it won't make him a number one pick in the draft. Not saying it definitely will. Um, but sometimes he tends to shy away a little bit from what I've seen when there's plays that are being run that do not equate or ultimately involve him in scoring the basketball his energy looks a little different um i was i was impressed by the shooting and what i saw out of you know not only out of out of out of uh brady manic but also from what i saw out of caleb love uh who at one point in time i thought always reminded me so much of nasir little who was there before prior to him but nonetheless, found a way to pull it together. This is a rivalry game. Anything that happens prior to this game is out of the window. You know, who cares about the, they, 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 you know, got whooped on by Duke by, you know, 20, 30 points earlier in the season. All those things are out of the window. That's why it doesn't surprise me, per se. It surprises me a little bit uh, in the fact that this was Coach K's last game. But anything happens in a rivalry game and anything happens in March. Uh, and so with that, it's, it's, it's not the craziest thing. I've seen crazier things. I mean, if I would have told you two, three years ago, we'd all be walking around wearing masks and it's going to be mandatory and you're not going to be able to go to this place, that place, your favorite restaurant, uh, sporting events, all of these different things without, you know, wearing 
a mask over your face, um, then you probably would call me crazy. But I've seen crazier things happen. So there's that piece. I was questionable in the first game about Carolina's offensive structure. <clears throat> and know that they've had that they've had their chances in that first game, and they just didn't capitalize. I don't think that Duke was that much better of a team. I don't think that, you know, um, I don't think that Carolina was that much worse of a team. I think that they're maybe not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, evenly matched, but a little bit more evenly matched than some people may think that they are. And that's one reason why, just one part of the reason for why it didn't surprise me as I'm looking through my handy dandy notebook, looking for a couple of different things that I definitely really wanted to touch on. How sustainable through the tournament will Jeremy Roach in this point guard situation that Duke is going through, how would that be? Um, sometimes you don't see, you know, um, guys particularly playing that hard. I think Trevor Keels sometimes gets in a mode where he moves really, really well without the ball. I mean, extremely well coming off the screens. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. But then there will be that one instance where you'll watch one game and you'll say, let me see what Deshaun Tate is telling me. Let me see what D Tate talking about. And, and he'll look like he's just standing in the corner, clapping for the ball, waiting for it. And when he gets the ball again, he only sees one thing. You got wide open guys over in the corner doing jumping jacks, calling for the ball, but they're not getting it. Um, and that's a concern if you are the Duke, you know, Blue Devils. I want to give credit to a guy like Wendell Moore as well because of the growth and the development that I've seen him have within his game over the last two, three years. I think it's been great for this team. And there's one guy on this roster that I just – on this Duke roster, he just doesn't he, – he just doesn't get the credit. And I love every bit of the way he plays. I love every bit of the effort, the energy, all of these things. And he come off the bench, and he's going to be a very critical, if not the most critical piece for this Duke team that nobody's ever going to mention or say his name because of his experience, his effort, his energy, the vibe. They look different when he's on the floor. Call it dirty player, whatever you want to call it. But there's just something about a guy like a Theo John who's very mature and going to jump up off the bench. He's not getting all the time in the world, you know, that uh, some of the other guys, you know, are getting. Paulo Bancaro, we get it. You know, he's a lotto pick, top two, top three, maybe number one pick. But it's Theo John's responsibility to help contribute as a coach on the floor to come and help assist this man in, in, in growing as a player and knowing what to expect in the NCAA tournament situations and things of that nature considering all of his experience he's the guy that jumps off the bench and kind of is forced to um how do you call it is forced to just help assist in in keeping guys confident when ben carroll's not playing the best brand of basketball or when he does finally go from the perimeter and drive and next thing you know carolina or whomever it is is putting up a huge wall um to prevent him from doing what he's capable of doing at the basket. We know that it's all night. You can do that all day long if you're Ben Carroll. Guys are going to um, find ways to make adjustments and learning how to defend you, but that's where Coach K makes the big dollars. That's where uh, Ben Carroll has to be have, have a willing ear to listen and learn and not just think they could just overpower so many guys. There's not many guys I've seen in a Duke uniform who's just going to be completely dominant and do what, they want based off of sheer size alone outside of the name of Zion Williamson. 
which is a whole nother conversation. Um, this is a big kid. Tree trunk legs. I mean, he's humongous. As things are falling all around, this is a, a, a now to transition a little bit. Something that I received at the game, final game. I don't know. I think I, I, maybe you guys can give me some ideas what to do with some of this stuff. Of course, I got something else over my shoulder. I got a popcorn bucket, Carolina popcorn bucket from the game that I was at, and you know, Carolina cup here, Duke cup there. Duke versus UNC 3522. I don't know if you guys can see that. Probably not very well because the chair is all in the way. There we go. Duke versus Carolina. So I'm thinking about putting a collage. My pictures of, you know, me and Coach K and my picture of uh, uh, me and uh, and Hubert Davis. I mean, these are things that are iconic. They mean iconic, you know, players and coaches that uh, that are coaching now and played at one point in time in this game that um, is just huge for me and in and, and my career so with all that um think about give me some ideas on what you feel like i should do with all this stuff i'm thinking about putting a collage print out the pictures get some pictures of me and k me and uh hubert as well and the ticket stub itself and you know maybe my little my little uh entry level my armband uh do some of that ticket stub and just the magazine just the programs and put it all together and save it one day for the grandkids that's kind of what i'm thinking but um, and I'm going to get ready to get off here here in a second because I just, you know, got, got got to make some moves and do some different things. But Carolina came out in this game as the aggressors. Um, they put all the pressure, you know, on Duke. There was the nerves. There was the butterflies. You brought all the guys that Coach K once coached and won championships and hung banners and got theirs hanging in the rafters and some of the best shooters we ever seen in Reddick. Some of the best. I called Jay Williams the the. Uh, um, the Derrick Rose before Derrick Rose without the athleticism, but better jump shooting ability. Uh, you know, there's him, there's the Christian Leitner, you know, guys that are in attendance, you know, the Sheldon Williams, the Daniel Ewings, the Carlos Boozer, two guys that I don't think gets enough credit as Dukies. Uh, but the nerves were there. The butterflies were there. And that's something that these kids didn't necessarily ask for, but you asked for it when you decided to commit to Duke. And it's just what it is. Um, but they just had to find a way to settle in. And while they did in some ways, they still showed many signs of the inexperience and just appearing, appearing only, appearing, appearing, that the stage was a little bit too big. And North Carolina was playing with house money. That's just what it is. They know that they also needed a win, uh, a big time win to solidify their spot significantly for the NCAA tournament to hear their name called. Uh, in six days and they did exactly that and it's gonna hold weight and it's not gonna shock me to see them get in now They're in the top 25 all over again for the first time in who God knows how long that it's been but more so of the fact that Right wrong or indifferent and, and like it love it hate it or anything in between They've got North Carolina on their chest and they're gonna make that's gonna make a huge deal as to whether they get in or not because we know That makes a huge difference. Um I thought that Caleb Love must be big for them to have a chance at winning. I remember winning this game, and I remember looking at them shooting in the uh, in the layup, you know, layup lines and warmups. North Carolina was just hitting shots like crazy. I mean, it was it was crazy. I'm just like, wow, like this is. But they've grown so much from that first game. It doesn't shock me. But I'm like, what's gonna happen when the ball finally tips in the air? And we saw exactly what happened there. Um, there were some instances where. 
people might say you shouldn't question Coach K, but there were definitely some instances where I felt like he should have been calling timeout when he did it. And he's not the big, huge timeout guy. Like, he's not that person. He lets his guys play. And I think that that's something else that hurt them a little bit. Um, we talked about the importance of Theo John, the difference maker that you don't always see on the stat sheet, and Paulo Bencaro being able to take over a game whenever he wants. I mean, the woofing, the trash talking, the physical play was amazing uh, there as well. And I didn't expect to see anything different. And Carolina refused to just come in there and, you know, and just, you know, and, and, and lay down. Like, I think that Duke came with this mentality that Carolina is going to come in there, and I don't know this for sure, but come in there and just lay down for them. And I'm so used to seeing these games be played so tight. They're so even in the series in terms of wins and losses against one another head-to-head. And I was hoping for a really good game and that we did get a chance to see. So I witnessed history for sure. Um, We know that Duke has the ball handlers again, but the question mark is going to be from the point guard position. Um, who's going to be the person that makes me the most confident in that position? And I don't think that my I don't think that my question has been answered yet. If you guys want to chime in, we got a people that a few people that already have um, chimed in, uh, and we'll get to to them in just a moment. But uh, I thought that R.J. Davis was looking very good early on, especially uh, with his penetration and his patience. And that didn't that didn't go far. Like he still continued to be on that upward trajectory and continue to put the pressure on Duke. And nobody really talks about that since this game either. Um, He did a phenomenal, a phenomenal job in those regards. And that's something that they're going to have to continue doing if they want to make a run uh, for March Madness. And it just seems like Carolina found an answer. Uh, for every time that Duke attempted to make a run and keeping the game close, and eventually Duke just kind of ran out of gas and and it just wasn't working and realizing that they weren't going to win that game. But the ball movement from Carolina was extremely impressive, and I think that that's probably the biggest thing that uh, – that's probably the biggest thing, I think, that will go overlooked in terms of, Carolina winning this game and why Carolina, how Carolina uh, won this game. So I'm going to leave that part there. I'm going to close the notebook up and get ready to finish off the segment. But uh, I definitely want to leave now on this note in which I want to take this time to express and show some appreciation to, you know, me having the opportunity to do something I've been wanting to do again since I was 10 years old and not sure if I'm ever going to get a chance to experience it. In the last 30 days, listen, you got dreams, goals, and aspirations. Keep following them. Keep chasing them because I am a person that while I did make a lot of, of I've made some, some, some good choices, made some sacrifices by paying a lot of attention to basketball and not uh, out in the streets doing some other things. But I will say that I, I'm not perfect either, and I had my times when I didn't always make the greatest decisions in the world either. But I did stay the course and believe in what it is that I want to achieve and what I want to do. And in the last 30 days have been marvelous in which I had a chance to go to the biggest rivalry in this sport that I love of college basketball, one at the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill and then the other at Cameron Indoor uh, in um, in Durham. Uh, so bucket list things. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how 
you know, how much it may seem unrealistic or you've got, you know, kids and you've got job and you've got work, this, that, and the third, like stay at it because these are things I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a living example, you know, of, of, of you know, great things can't happen. Um, when you make certain sacrifices in your life and stand up till X amount of time in the middle of the night when everyone else is asleep or doing whatever they're doing and keep my head inside of the books and just trying to do some research amongst other things, it can happen. And I want to just thank um, everybody who just, you know, you see these things and you see the shine, but you don't see the grind that comes behind it. But there's a lot of people that, you know, have backed me and was on my side and keeping me confident even when I always wasn't really good friends amongst other people, family and so forth, um, that kept me positive and believing that my dreams can still come true. So if you're one of those people, just keep on after it and and they can definitely happen. But I'm gonna get ready to leave on 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 that note. Wanna show some love to a couple people that jumped in in the room. Um my dude K V man showing some love. Talked to him the other night before I even went to the game. Uh saying that he's jealous, but don't be jealous, man. Be envious. This isn't you know not 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 being jealous or, or jealous or envious. Um but more than anything uh, you know, people say that they live vicariously through me, but I live vicariously through a lot of my friends a lot of times. So just kind of kicking it around and 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 letting it be known that I do appreciate all of these people who have, you know, different things to 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 say and very happy that I had an opportunity opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do uh for such a long time. Um I do ant as well. And let's get back to uh, uh KV for a second. I like the background of you at home or at work. I'm at home and I'm at work at the same time. Uh, so I think that, that answers the question, but no. Um, I appreciate it, man. I've been working on my setup and want to add some different things to it as well. We'll get to that a little bit later. Maybe uh, I can get my boy to kind of, you know, dig in his pockets and contribute to the Deshaun Tate, um, the Tate's take uh, um, um, collage or background fund, if you will, the backdrop fund. Uh, so maybe I can get my boy. I appreciate that, though, um, as well. Uh, Danny Thompson, in case anybody's wondering, of course, I got to put this thing back up here and get it together. Danny Thompson is one of the ones that I did say, yeah, I'll give you 67 teams and, and uh, I'll take my one team. And that's going to be Duke. And I don't know if he's trying to you want to take back that bet. If any, I don't know if you're asking if I want to take back the bet for my sake uh, or for your sake, but there's no way I'm taking that bet back like. I'm still gonna I'm still rolling with Duke for the national championship. So there's that part. Hoop Baller Scoop, appreciate you for showing some love. I think coming in on the Facebook tip as well. Then Carol's problem is that he tends to wanna be on the outside, but when he stays okay, foul lying down, he's the best in the country. And I agree with that. But I think it helps him being out on the perimeter sometimes too. Uh just to be a bull in a china shop and get, you know, in somewhat of a downhill situation. Um and put the defense on their heels when he's penetrating to the basket because he's just far too hard to stop. What are my thoughts on Chris Carrawell not shaking Hubert David Hubert Davis's hand and Nolan Smith shakes his hand but not look at him? I think sometimes we get kind of boggled down far too much with the whole shaking of the hands thing. I'm, I'll always be this person. I said this the same way when we when we you know we're talking about. Um, 
what was it in the last dance or or was it the bad boys 30 for 30 when they decided not to shake michael jordan hands isaiah thomas and that crew walking off the floor before you walk forget about the sportsmanship and this and that before you shake my hand and not genuinely and sincerely shake my hand on a good game i don't think you should have to do it don't shake my hand if you don't mean it we ain't friends Okay, forget about all the sportsmanship, this and that. I know that people aren't going to love me saying that, but it's okay to say good game to somebody and not shake hands. It's okay to not say anything at all to a person um, unless you want to. I mean, that's part of life. Does it show good sportsmanship? Sure. But I don't. I think it also shows us in society how to be fake. I don't have a problem with Chris Carwell not shaking Hubert Davis's hand just as long as it's equally the same way when hubert davis takes a loss and he doesn't shake someone's hand and we've had far too many issues with the whole handshaking thing something that i don't think is that serious going back to greg gard and Juwan howard a couple weeks ago so there's how i feel about that piece i feel wendell moore isn't playing like he was the first month and a half of the season thoughts uh, i can definitely see some of that it's inconsistency but i think there was the inconsistency from all from from a lot of the, the coaches around the country the players around the country more than just duke or more than just window more a lot of the programs amongst other things i think that we're seeing a lot of inconsistency uh and so that's something that these teams and these players will have to deal with on their own i'm okay with it like ideally you want to be consistent but not even us every day as people are always the most consistent window more knows what he has to do he has to be a consistent leader. If he doesn't give his consistent con contribution, that's one thing uh, from a stat line standpoint, a stat sheet standpoint. Um, and that could be an issue for this team. But I think what they ultimately need is his leadership capabilities. And they're going to need him to pitch in regardless as to how consistent he can be and will be. They're going to need him to kind of pitch in and definitely handle that basketball with some protection and ball security is going to be major for this team so even if he's not contributing in terms of points if he's doing his thing as far as the leadership standpoint and window Moore is doing his thing as far as a point guard perspective when they need one so very badly um and they're pretty much by committee at this point i think i'll be okay with him in those regards did baycott get robbed of acc player of the year yeah i don't know I'm still putting some things together in regards to player of the year and putting out, you know, some of who I think should um, and who I think should or should have gotten some of these awards. Um, but the team just was not very good. And unfortunately, individual accolades are based off of what a team does throughout the season. Uh, and so while that is as unfair as it is, then I still am one that believes that individual awards should go to those who deserve it individually and not as a team. But if Armando Baycott wants to have something to say about that, then he needs to continue on the um, he needs to continue on the upward trajectory and continue to put their heels on the throats, pun intended, you see, you like what I did there, put their heels on the throats of every opponent that is in their way, including if they meet up with Duke again. Show exactly why you are that. 
He had a great game at Cameron, not a great so game, a great so game, not a so great game um, on this home floor. And we're going to see exactly what they're made of. I mean, yeah, regular season is one thing, but I want to see who's going to step up when it matters the most. You know that you need more wins. At least that's the approach I would have if I'm Armando Baker, if I'm Hubert Davis, if I'm the Carolina fan base, the Carolina faithful, Carolina, you know, Tar Heel Nation, all of the above. This is one win, and you got to look past this win now and focus on this. Can't you can't have the approach of this was your national championship, or they're not going to last very long. They'll lose early in the NCAA tournament and really be sweating around this time uh, six six days from now. So. Appreciate everybody for for joining in and, and, and showing me some love. Feel free to go ahead and uh, and share this all around. Subscribe to the podcast. Take take uh, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. iTunes, Google, uh, Google, um, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, um, everywhere you find your favorite pod. It'll be there, locked in, loaded. YouTube. Subscribe to your friends, to your family members, to your enemies. Tell everybody, tell your mama, tell your baby mama, tell your grandmama, tell everybody where they can find it at and follow along um, on social media platforms, especially on Twitter at Takes Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag where basketball lives. It's March and it's almost that time. I appreciate y'all for checking in. Episode number 104, Carolina invades and plays spoiler, crashes. Coach K's farewell party uh, with a big-time win, and let's see where both teams are going to go from here. So, again, taking Duke in the national championship. I call it the free space on the bingo card for a reason. Do with that what you will. Appreciate you, everybody, for, uh, for chiming in on episode number 104, and I'll see you guys for 105 very soon. Peace.